Welcome to the Seattle Public Library's Podcasts for Teens. These teen podcasts are by teens and for teens. They run the gamut from author readings and music performances to discussions and book reviews by the Teen Center Advisors. These podcasts are brought to you by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation with the help of the library's teen advisors. To learn more about our teen programs, including how to become a Teen Center Advisor, visit our website at www.spl.org. To learn how you can help the library by volunteering or supporting its foundation, go to www.foundation.spl.org. The podcast you're about to hear was recorded in 2010. I'm Jessica from the Northeast Branch of the Seattle Public Library. A couple of our teen advisors, Ethan and Mira, interviewed Holly Kapala, a local author who wrote the teen book, Tell Me a Secret. For more information about the teen advisory group, please call the Northeast Branch at 206-684-7539. Hi, I'm Ethan and I'm with the teen advisory group for the Northeast Library Branch and today I have with me Holly Kapala. Hello. And we're just going to do a quick interview here. Holly, what made you choose the title for this book? Um, my young adult novel, Tell Me a Secret. Uh, let's see, why did I choose the title? Um, the working title of the original book was actually Brimstone Soup because the very first line that came to me was, I don't have chicken soup in my soul, I have brimstone. And that was the working title for a long, long time. But then when I sold it to HarperCollins, they said, um, we'd love to buy your book, but we hate the title. Can it go? And I, of course, said yes. Um, and so I started thinking about that, and um, we sold it as A Light That Never Goes Out, which is a reference to a Smith song. And everybody kind of liked it, but then when the design department got a hold of it, they were like, what are we to do with that? We have no idea what to do with that for cover. So um, we, we worked on it a little bit more. We went through a few more, and, and we had kind of gotten to... Uh, in the timeline, it was really the 11th hour because um, on Monday they were going to be printing it in a catalog, which was going to go out to bookstores and all kinds of you know people all over the place. And they said we must have a title by Monday. And I think it was uh, Friday night. I was falling asleep, and all of a sudden, this conversation that happens in the first chapter between the sisters um, came into my mind. One of the sisters said, um, "Can I tell you a secret?" And the other said, tell me and I'll tell you one. And I sat up in bed and I said, tell me a secret. I reached over to my husband, honey, tell me a secret. And he woke up and, mm, and uh, I pitched it to my editor and she loved it and the, the, everybody loved it. So the, it stuck. Well, is it always this to find the title? You know, I, I was really surprised actually to find out that most books go through some kind of a title change that very few working titles stick. Um, one that I know in particular that you might be familiar with is that Jay Asher's 13 Reasons Why, the original title for that was Baker's Dozen because um, the main character was Hannah Baker and so it was and they changed it to 13 Reasons Why, which I think is a really compelling title. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to ask the basic question. Why did you choose to be an author? Why did I choose to be an author? Well, let's see. I think it started with a pen when I was about four, <laughs> something like that. So, well, I really, I think I've always known that I wanted to be a writer. Uh, and as I was growing up, I would write for my age group. 
and uh, at some point, um, actually not quite my age group, because when I was about 12 and 13, I was writing teen romance novels, and that was before I had actually experienced teen romance. But when I did, after I did, uh, I would write um, angsty poetry and tragic short stories. And, and then I got into college, and I thought I wanted to write for adults. And, um, but kind of in the back of my closet was this picture book that I was working on forever. And so I thought I wanted to write for children for a little while, and um, and then kind of an event happened in my life that really changed everything for me. And this, I, I wasn't expecting actually to to write for young adults at all, but this story came to me, and it really, it was the one, you know, it was the one I was supposed to write. Are you always gonna write for teenage girls? You know, I think I'm gonna write whatever comes to me. <laughs> so for right now, the one I just finished is also a young adult, and it's for the same. Um, same audience, same genre, although I think it might be a little more of a um, crossover book in terms of, I think guys might enjoy the second book more than they might enjoy the first. Um, and then the third one I'm working for, uh, working on is, is also similar to that, and it will have a boy character um, who will be one of the narrators. And, um, but for now, yeah, that's what's coming out. So. Okay. So what's it like living in the Seattle area for you? Um, I love Seattle, actually. I wrote much of this book in this very library. Um, and I moved up here, actually, after I uh, graduated from college and I wanted to go to grad school here. And I knew I had to establish residency to um, get a, a, you know, resident rate. <laughs> so I lived here for a couple of years and saved up money. And then I went to the University of Washington for comparative literature. And um, I, I love it here. I just, I stayed, met my husband here. Raising a family here, I've been here 13 years now. Wow. So, some of the schools in your book are fictional, and maybe a couple are based in real life, but what made, what were your inspirations for the not-so-real schools? The not-so-real schools? Uh, well, let's see, there's there's one main school, uh, the public high school that uh, all, most of the characters go to, it's called El Namid, and it's sort of loosely based on Roosevelt High School, although it is actually located in the Madison Valley. And then there's a prep school that one of the characters has been kicked out of, and that is called View Ridge Prep, which is also a fictional school. But uh, my friend Justina Chen, who is also an author in this area, you might know her books, um, Nothing But the Truth and A Few White Lies, Girl Overboard, North of Beautiful. Um, in her second book, Girl Overboard, she had uh, her character go to View Ridge Prep. And that's actually close to my neighborhood. And so before, while I was working on the rough draft of this book, I said, hey, Justina, do you mind if I cross-reference your fictional school in my book? And she said, sure, go ahead. So I ended up having a character kicked out of her school. And that, sh that school actually makes another appearance in the next book. I'm sure readers love those local tastes. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> and our last question is, what question have you always been wanting to ask in the interview? Oh, you know, I don't know what to say to this one. <laughs> um, I do. I have to think about, you know, who's my favorite author or something like that. I don't know. Um, uh, maybe what author inspires me? I guess you could ask that. What author inspires you? <laughs> um, I would say um, many of my young adult peers. I've been inspired by Lori Halls Anderson and Ellen Hopkins. And on the adult side, my very favorite author in the world is Italo Calvino, and he wrote a book called Invisible Cities. And I actually kind of hope to write a picture book that has something to do with that book someday. Well, thank you, Holly, and it's been great talking to you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>
when did you first consider yourself a writer? Oh, that's a good question because when you're when you're writing, and it's just you and the computer, um, and nobody's bought your book yet, and you know you just have a few friends cheering you on, it's it's very difficult actually to consider yourself a writer because there's no external uh, kind of confirmation of that. So uh, it took me a while to really start considering myself a writer and people would ask me what do you do and I would say oh I'm a writer and they'd say oh what have you written what what's on the shelf and I'd say oh, nothing yet but you know over time you sort of start to think of yourself that way and 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 it's it's a, sort of a rite of passage I think to think of yourself that way do you have a specific writing style um, you know I don't know how I would characterize it but I try to get into my character's head and emotions as much as I can. Um, maybe you would call that not quite stream of consciousness because that I think is a little more freeform than what I do, but it's, it's very internal. So, and the first book, uh, Tell Me a Secret, she's, I'm definitely in, very far into her, into her head and emotions. For the second book was a little more external actually, there's a lot more dialogue. Dialogue is a little difficult for me. And I thought it was going to be hard, but the, the characters, they, they ended up just kind of coming out of nowhere. What books have influenced your life most? Let's see. How many books do you want? Because I've got a whole giant shelf at home. <laughs> uh, I think for YA writing, young adult writing, um, probably the book that, that showed me the kinds of deep subjects that you could tackle in a young adult novel would be Laurie Hall's Anderson's Speak. So for that, and then of course there have been many other books that have influenced me all along the way. If you had to choose, what writer would you consider an inspiration or mentor? Hmm. Well, I can't choose one, so I'll tell you, uh, my, my local writing group is a huge influence and encouragement to me. Uh, some of those writers include uh, Molly Blaisdell, and Janet Lee Carey, Justina Chen, um, Peggy King Anderson, Judy Bodmer, Catherine Bond. They're all good friends of mine and they have really weighed into my work in huge meaningful ways. Are there any new authors that have grasped your interest? Oh, new authors. Oh, so many new authors. Uh, in fact, um, I've gotten to know many of the debut authors who are also have debut books this year, 2010. Uh, Holly Schindler, for instance, uh, my friend Conrad Wesselhoft, who is also a Seattle author, he just came out with a book called Adios Nirvana, and it's wonderful. Um, so yes, I've gotten to know lots of other debut authors. It's been fun. What are your current projects? My current project is a second young adult novel, and it is not a sequel to Tell Me a Secret, but it is related, actually. There are several characters that make cameo appearances from Tell Me a Secret into this next book. And it doesn't have an official title yet, but the one that I'm really hoping that uh, we will end up with is Don't Breathe a Word. And do you want me to tell you a little bit about it? Oh, sure. Um, it is about a suburban girl from Issaquah. She runs away from home for secret reasons, and she ends up meeting up with a band of homeless teens who live on Capitol Hill. And it's gritty, and it's romantic, and it's... Did Lots of secrets, find, of course. <laughs> did you ever find out why, why she ran away? Oh, yes, definitely, okay. definitely. And you actually find out a little bit about uh, some of the secrets of characters in Tell Me a Secret. Oh, 
through this poem. Exciting. Um, if you had to do it all over again, would you change anything in your latest book? Would I change anything and tell me a secret? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, well, actually, yes, I would change a couple of words because I realized that there were a couple of repeated words. <laughs> so, and when you, uh, we actually made a, an audio book uh, with uh, award-winning actor Jenna Lamia read it, and she's also read uh, The Chosen One, and she's read The Adoration of Jenna Fox and The Secret Life of Bees. And when we were listening to her original, uh, the original audio files, uh, oh, it was amazing to listen to her read it. And then every once in a while, I would cringe because I realized, oh no, she just said that word two minutes ago. <laughs> you know, and it was a word that stood out or whatever. And so there were a few things I wish I could have could have gone back to fix, but you know, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you find challenging in your writing? Ooh. Um, dialogue is probably the most difficult thing for me. Although when, I, when I'm in the flow of it, uh, it's hard to get into the flow of dialogue, but once I'm there, I feel like my characters, you know, because you really have to understand a character's motivation. You have to understand what's going on inside. You have to understand what the forces are outside to be able to, you know, speak. And I'm kind of a shy person myself, so dialogue is hard for me personally. <laughs> um, so I think that's the biggest challenge for me. <laughs> um, who designed the cover for you? A woman named Allison, and I can't remember her last name right now. I'm sorry, uh, but it was someone from the Harper Collins design team that put it all together. And, and when my, my editor, she first sent me the, the JPEG of the early draft, and my niece, who was 15, Molly, she was staying with us over the weekend, and my parents as well, and I gasped, and, and, and I called them all in, and see, the day before, Molly had sort of glued herself to the couch, and she was reading the book from start to finish, I don't, I don't even think she got up to eat. And she came in and she just said, oh, it's perfect. And so that was good. <laughs> I was very happy. What was the hardest part of writing your book? The hardest part of writing the book was just getting the story down in the first place. Um, I think, and I've sort of since come to the conclusion that one of the most difficult things a, a writer can do, and it's sort of the place where I like to encourage people, is the first draft of the first book. is Because there are so many doubts. You know, there's so many doubts internally, there are so many doubts externally. Just to get it down on paper is a huge accomplishment, so. And did you learn anything from writing your book, and what was it? Mm. I learned that it was possible to finish a book, for one thing. Uh, I, I learned a lot about writing along the way. In fact, uh, many of the things that I learned, I applied to the second book. And that one went much faster and a bit easier. And working with an editor, I learned quite a lot about what she would look at. She would, she would find a passage and she would say, I'm not quite sure what you mean here. And I would read over it and I thought, I'm not quite sure what I mean, meant there either. <laughs> so I would cut it. And so when I was working on sort of self-editing the second book, I would go through and um, I was, it was much easier for me to determine, oh, would, would my editor cut that? Yes, she would. Cut. Goodbye. Um, do you have any specific things that you'd like to say to your readers? Um, thank you for reading my book. <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, and I really appreciate how people have contacted me to tell me what the story has meant to them. So I appreciate all of you. Do you plan on writing for adults in the future? If an adult story struck me, I would definitely write it. Um, do you have any advice for other writers? Keep going. 
uh, don't give up. This business takes a very long time and it can be very discouraging. Uh, so keep going, get to the end, find other writing friends to read your work, uh, take classes. You know, I, th I kind of think that, that writing is two separate, well three if you count, um, if you count actually marketing the book, but, but learning to write a book, uh, it's part learning the craft of writing and it's part learning the story that you want to write and learning the craft of writing can be classes, it can be reading other books, it can be reading websites, there's lots of things you can do to, to learn how to write. And then figuring out the book that you want to write and the book that's, that you're meant to write, the book that's supposed to come out of you, that's just living, really. Do your characters' names have any meanings? Well, as you know, the main character's name is Miranda. And she, her mother calls her Mandy in the beginning. And her sister, her older bad girl sister that she looks up to, calls her Rand. And she takes that name as her own. And her boyfriend calls her Miranda. And by the end of it, she sort of, all of those, all of those different incarnations of her name sort of mean different parts of her personality and she's trying to figure out well what what is who is Miranda and, and am I Mandy or am I Rand or am I well, who am I and uh, Xanda actually went through several name characters name characterizations as well and there's another character and if I told you all the different parts of her name it would be a little bit of a spoiler so I'll leave that one out oh how did you choose some of the names in your book how did I choose some of the names in my book um, Miranda was probably one of the last characters to get a name. And I called her Elizabeth for a little while. And the name Xanda actually came from one of my friend's daughters. And he has another daughter named Elizabeth, so I thought it would be too weird for them if I named. <laughs> and I named both of the characters after them. And then uh, Delaney came from uh, way back when I was 15 years old, I used to work in a fabric store, and there was this woman who would come in and buy fabric all the time, and she had this daughter who was named Delaney, and she was about four or five years old, and she was, you know, ringleted and always in, you know, perfect, you, know, you, you could just tell that there was a lot of energy that went into that child, and so that name Delaney just stuck for me, and Essence, this is kind of a secret, but one of my very closest friends that I've known since high school, she grew up in kind of a remote mountain town. And she, when I met her, um, she would tell me these stories about Essence that she grew up with. And, and Essence was sort of bigger than life in my mind. And so I liked, I liked that name. So Kamran is a Persian name. And so you can pronounce it Kamran is how you would pr pronounce it. Uh, or you can pronounce it Cameron, which is the American version. But Okay, well, thank you for... Thank you for having me. This podcast was presented by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation and made possible by your generous contributions to the Seattle Public Library Foundation. Thanks for listening.